Tonight, our ethics violation yielding prime minister is set to appoint a special rapporteur to investigate foreign interference in Canada and later persecuted Pastor Arthur Pawlowski on how Canada continues to spiral into totalitarian abyss with the jailing of not only political prisoners, but conscience prisoners too. It's Tuesday, March the 7th. I'm Tamara Ugolini, guest hosting, and you are watching The Ezra Levant Show. Shame on you, you censorious bug. Yesterday, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau announced that he would be appointing a special rapporteur to investigate how the Chinese Communist Party has been working to undermine and infiltrate our country's democracy by meddling in our electoral process. I'm announcing that I will be appointing an independent special rapporteur who will have a wide mandate and make expert recommendations on combating interference and strengthening our democracy. In Canada, we believe deeply in the values of freedom, openness, and dialogue. These values are not universally shared by every government around the world. Indeed, I don't know if in our lifetime we've seen democracy in a more precarious place. Many state actors and non-state actors want to foster instability here and elsewhere to advance their own interests. We have long known, and an independent report confirmed it again last week, that the Chinese government and other regimes like Iran and Russia have attempted to interfere not just in our democracy, but in our country in general whether it's our institutions, our businesses, our research facilities, or in the daily lives of our citizens. Trudeau makes it sound like he is taking it seriously, but our intelligence agency, that's CSIS, flagged these concerns to Trudeau a long time ago, which seemed to fall mostly on deaf ears. That is, until now. But of course, who was expecting this same prime minister that has admitted himself he admires China's basic dictatorship to take this kind of interference seriously? After all, it has been reported that 11 Toronto area riding candidates were supported by the Chinese Communist Party, the most publicly scrutinized of which is Han Dong in the riding of Don Valley North. That's why here at Rebel News, we launched a campaign at firedong.com and we even sent a billboard truck to Dong's riding to bring awareness to this flagged security threat and keep the pressure on other elected officials to hold our democracy in high regard and uphold our electoral process with integrity. This is not the kind of security threat that we should be taking lightly or dismissing as racist xenophobia, as Trudeau has attempted to do in recent days. That's why I've tasked Minister Mendicino to launch later this week a consultation to guide how we will set up a new foreign influence transparency registry in Canada. We need to make sure there is transparency and accountability from those who advocate on behalf of foreign governments while protecting communities who are often both targeted by attempts at foreign interference and who feel targeted 
when xenophobia and fear-mongering overtake legitimate concern for our democracy and national security. It's very important that we start with this consultation because we have to be mindful of history any time we're talking about registries of foreigners in our country. Now the leader of the opposition, that's Pierre Polyev, is taking a hard stance on this as well, as he should, and pointing out the fallacies in Trudeau's response to these sweeping election interference claims. It is actually incredible that we have this uprising at our intelligence body. This has never happened before. They must be very worried about how the Prime Minister is working against the interests of his own country and his own people. They've been warning him for years about this. And what has he done? He's covered it up, even encouraged it to continue. And so they are so concerned about how the Prime Minister is acting against Canada's interests and in favor of a foreign dictatorship's interests that they are actually releasing this information publicly. And what is Trudeau's priority? Not to stop the foreign interference. No, that's not the problem for him. The problem is the whistleblowers. So he's, he's against a real investigation into the foreign interference we know happened, but in favor of a tough police investigation into the whistleblowers who are exposing it. This is the Trudeau's pro. This is exactly what he did, but it's exactly what he did with Jody Wilson-Raybould. She spoke out against him helping a, a liberal company get off criminal charges. He didn't go after the corruption. He went after the whistleblower. Same with Mark Norman. He spoke up, a, a respected admiral spoke up against liberal corruption in the issuance of multi-billion dollar contracts. And did he go after the corruption? No, he went after the whistleblower. He always stands up for the corruption against the whistleblower, and in this case, against Canada's interests. And as Polyev rightfully points out, we are somehow supposed to trust that this same prime minister who, while embroiled in scandals with the WE charity, resulting in the forced resignation of finance minister Bill Morneau, effectively shut down democracy by proroguing parliament in the summer of 2020. And not because of some extraordinary circumstances, as sometimes is the case, but rather to hide from accountability in these scandals. Well, we were expecting him to take this kind of warning seriously and to effectively appoint someone impartial to investigate and determine an appropriate course of action. Trudeau and his cabinet have countless ethical violations on their file. Canadian agencies overseen by other Chinese descendant appointees, like the Public Health Agency of Canada, have previously evaded the privacy of Canadians for data collection and compliance measuring initiatives. And this same Prime Minister is arguably responsible for the largest truly Canadian grassroots protest movement in our history, the Freedom Convoy. His words and actions were responsible for further riling up already frustrated and infringed upon Canadians by slandering, smearing, and labeling them, his own citizens, as fringy with unacceptable views. The small fringe minority of people who are on their way to Ottawa or who are uh, holding unacceptable uh, views uh, that they're expressing do not represent 
the views of Canadians who have been there for each other. And when they became increasingly upset after two years of being ignored by all levels of government with legitimate COVID-19 related restriction concerns and refused to leave the nation's capital until their concerns were addressed, Trudeau invoked unprecedented war and counterterrorism legislation to completely trample on constitutional rights and freedoms which he now claims to care about in reference to Chinese state actors. Indeed, I don't know if in our lifetime we've seen democracy in a more precarious place. Many state actors and non-state actors want to foster instability here and elsewhere to advance their own interests. Will this rapporteur be impartial as Justice Rouleau was, for example. You know, that same judge tasked with investigating and determining whether or not Trudeau was justified in his invocation of the Emergencies Act to quash a peaceful demonstration against his government's perpetual chartered rights violations. The liberal supporting judge who determined that yes, of course, Trudeau was justified in this invocation and that the highest threshold, which included a threat to national security, was in fact met, despite the fact that CSIS testified to the opposite. It sounds like Pierre Polyev has the very same concerns. For 10 years, the authoritarian dictatorship in Beijing has been supporting Justin Trudeau. They started by giving him 200, $200,000 to the Trudeau Foundation. They helped him in two consecutive elections. He's known about this for a decade. You're telling me he didn't know that Beijing gave $200,000 to the Trudeau Foundation? Are you telling me that he didn't know that they interfered in two consecutive elections? Of course he knew. He was briefed multiple times, and he kept all of those briefings secret. And then, when he got caught, he hired the former CEO of the same Trudeau Foundation that had received the money from China to write a report about it. And now he's trying to cover it up again with a secret process that he controls. We want the opposite. He wants a secret process. We want an open process. He wants to control it. We want it to be independent from him. And oh, by the way, he's going to appoint a special rapporteur, which of course will be another establishment liberal appointed by him that will come out and say, everything is fine. Let's just close the book and move on and let the dictatorship in Beijing once again interfere to help Justin Trudeau get reelected. Conservatives want exactly the opposite of closed and controlled. We want open and independent. An open, independent public inquiry to get to the truth and make sure it never happens again. We need to bring home control of our democracy. Bring home control of our country rather than allowing foreign dictatorships to manipulate our interests. We know that Justin Trudeau admires the basic communist dictatorship in Beijing. He said so. So it's no wonder they support him and they have worked hard to keep him in power. But we want the truth to come out. Uh, and we are going to continue to fight for that truth.
and CSIS themselves while they have been flagging specific Communist Party-affiliated liberal members of parliament as actual security threats that undermine our sovereignty and our democratic integrity, and Trudeau does largely nothing but hire more bureaucrats to squander away more taxpayer dollars as Canadians struggle to pay for groceries and heat their homes amid unprecedented inflation. Listen to how much Trudeau is funding for what sounds like it could very well morph into some sort of Orwellian Ministry of Truth. And finally today I can announce that we're investing $5.5 million to build capacity of civil society organizations to combat disinformation. Because we know disinformation, often generated abroad, can be a real threat to our elections and it's a threat that the federal government cannot combat alone. Foreign interference is a complex landscape that should not be boiled down to sound bites and binary choices. And it should certainly not be about partisan politics. So I guess that's what you get for questioning foreign state actors being flagged by our national intelligence agency. More funding to combat whatever the Trudeau liberals think is misinformation. It is not the actual foreign interference that's a threat. It's the misinformation being espoused by a whistleblower who must be investigated and witch-hunted. I suppose that's what you get when budgets balance themselves and calling out foreign interference of utmost national security importance is deduced to racist xenophobia by a woke progressive prime minister. As Chinese state actors meddle in our democratic process and influence our government and institutions, it reinforces why this same government, influenced by dictatorship-led state actors, would act like, well, dictators. The chilling parallels between how China has handled the pandemic with their COVID-zero cult-like response of complete societal lockdowns and harsh suppression techniques, coupled with the fact that the freedom of the press is becoming an increasingly distant memory in both countries, it's becoming more and more clear as to why Canada is slipping down this totalitarian slope while our intelligence agency's concerns for democratic process and governmental integrity are swept under the rug by a government that claims to be open and transparent but wants to have secret investigations and backdoor discussions under the guise of not hurting feelings because, well, racism and xenophobia. Stick around as we discuss additional totalitarian tiptoes as more political prisoners are jailed for opposing the mob groupthink with persecuted pastor Arthur Pawlowski. As we continue to follow the story of Pastor Derek Reimer, he's the Calgary pastor who was recently arrested and jailed for simply expressing his opposition to a public library held drag queen story hour for children. He was never violent or advocated for any such violence, which is sometimes the case with political prisoners. But no, Pastor Reimer is a conscience prisoner for peacefully expressing his religiously held belief he was assaulted at the event and thrown on the floor, where he smashed his head as a result. 
And joining us now from Calgary, Alberta, is one pastor who knows all too well how things like feeding the homeless and expressing political, religious, or other conscientiously held beliefs is now a crime in Canada. Pastor Archer Pavlovsky, thank you so much for joining us here today. Say, remind our viewers, how long were you jailed for when you were opposing COVID-19 related restrictions? Well, which time, as you know, I have been charged over 40 times and arrested five times. The last one was 50 days. And on the 51st day, I was released 45 days, solitary confinement, metal cages, and of course, as you know, a max spot for the most dangerous offenders. And then eventually I end up in a psych ward without the evaluation of the doctors and the knowledge even of the AHS, which is, of course, completely illegal. And now the parallels here between yourself and Pastor Reimer are very chilling. Um, as we see another Calgary-based pastor being persecuted for very similar acts, what are your thoughts on this recent arrest of Pastor Reimer? Well, I find it shocking. Um, I'm not surprised because I know those individuals. I have been dealing with those bureaucrats for many years. I know how corrupted and evil and anti-Christian bigots uh, they are. But what's shocking here is that Pastor Derek Reimer was assaulted kicked out from a public library, and he was the one that was charged with hate crime. Just a few days ago, we had a protest where Antifa types of individuals came and attacked violently, physically, parents, mothers, and fathers uh, in front of the police officers here in Calgary. But of course, according to the mayor, Gondek, the wannabe tyrant, uh, the wannabe mafia boss, as I call her with her enforcers, uh, police officers, while uh, she thinks that this is um, a protected uh, ex expression, you know, freedom of expression. But <clears throat> when you oppose their views on sexualization of children or perverting uh, children, if you dare as a Christian to oppose that, well, according to them, it's a hate crime. So it's shocking on so many levels. And as, as, as you know, I tried to do a press conference inside City Hall regarding to, you know, regarding to what's happening in our beloved Calgary. And of course, the police was waiting there for me. The security was aggressively attacking us. We were kicked out from City Hall. And when we were living, uh, living the, the place, um, I got 30 days ban. Can you believe it? A trespass ban. But that was not good enough for the Calgary police working for Gondek. They're no longer work for us. And then uh, when I did the press conference in front of the City Hall, Calgary City Hall, I received a year ban. I cannot enter the Calgary's, my own City Hall for a year. Why? Because I dared to call a press conference as a leader of the Independence Party of Alberta to talk about this tyranny coming from the mayor of the city. And my question is very clear. Where is Danielle Smith? I mean, she was talking about freedom. She was talking about defending our rights and freedoms. She was talking about pastors that were unlawfully arrested. Now we have another one being arrested. I'm still on house arrest facing facing, uh, facing the decision in May, um, but 
we hear absolutely nothing from our premier. Well, and you make an interesting point there as well with the politicization of the police. Was this a direction that you ever in your wildest dreams could have imagined that Canadian Canada would tiptoe into? Well, I when I was attacked for feeding the homeless in 2005, I was warning Canadians. I mean, I received so far uh, over 340 citations, over 100 court cases and 16 arrests. So I was yelling, if you will, from the rooftops, uh, Canadians wake up, communism is here, communism is not coming, fascism is not coming, socialism is not coming, it's already here within our own gates. But at that time, Canadians were very comfortable. You know, they got their houses, their cars, their vacations. So we're not really interested in hearing what a Polish immigrant that grew up behind the Iron Curtain under the boots of the Soviets behind, uh, you know, in hell, if you will, on earth uh, had to say. But now I believe more and more people are realizing what I was trying to tell them. Uh, I receive phone calls and emails and texts every single day of people telling me, Pastor, you were right from the very beginning. Oh, my God, what is happening to my beloved democratic, uh, that used to be democratic country of, of Canada? So I kind of saw it from the very beginning. But of course, if we knew where we are moving, we would never move to this country. We would just stay behind because Poland is a lot freer than, than Canada right now. And we emigrated to Greece and uh, Greece was free, you know. Um, we only came to Canada because of the rule of law. We wanted to live in a country that has protections under the criminal code and, of course, the Constitution, Charter Rights and Freedoms. But look at us today. Like I quite often say, we are already living behind the Iron Curtain in China. Though. Those people have a total disregard to rule of uh, uh, law um, and order. I mean, the police officers are no longer, longer peace officers. They are some kind of a twisted, evil gangsters working for the politicians. Um, it, it's shocking. Um, here is what I witnessed when they came to my press conference. They had uh, a buttons talking about electric cars. I love electric cars. And I remember so many times officers would tell me, oh, we're not allowed to express our opinions. We're not allowed to express our views. Or we cannot uh, have a cross. We cannot uh, show you know, anything on our uniforms unless, of course, it suits the political agenda, which is the green energy, homosexuality, transgenderism. All of those woke, evil, crazy things are... Uh, totally okay, but our side is not. It's really drawing that divide between Canadians. And if you don't follow the mainstream narrative and you don't go with the woke mob, then you will be jailed and slandered and smeared and ridiculed and and treated so inhumanely as we see in dictatorships like China. And I mean, is it really that surprising as we find out more and more about how China has meddled in our democratic process, undermined our government and our institutions, that we're following in this direction of more dictatorship rule rather than democratic process? Well, we in Canada, we've lost checks and balances. There is absolutely zero accountability. The past three years uh, have shown us that those people can literally get away with murder. We have to start voting for other set of people. A revolving door, voting for the lesser of two evils is not going to do it anymore. It's like a schizophrenia. 
keep doing the same thing and expecting different results. We must stop. And that's why I decided to run for the Independence Party of Alberta in this upcoming provincial election, because I realized those evil, wicked, woke tyrants are not going to leave us alone. We have to engage them in a political realm. We have to vote them out and bring checks and balances. We have to bring uh, our rights back. And that's what we're offering through referendum. And also we need to um, we need to appoint elect constitutional sheriffs that will be watching politicians, that will be watching judges, chief of police, um, you know, if it comes to constitutional rights, because right now, all of them, it seems, mainstream media, the courts, and also law enforcement agents and the politicians are working hand, uh, you know, hand in hand together in depriving us from our God and state given rights. I mean, our forefathers that fought and bled for the liberation of Europe would I'm sure they're turning in their graves, looking at what is happening right now to our beloved country. So uh, what I'm trying to say is it's really up to you what kind of a, a nation you want to see it tomorrow. To, today, we are deciding, do we are we OK with the totalitarian regime? Are we OK with, you know, digital IDs and net zero like Daniel Smith is forwarding as we speak right now? Are we OK where the judges can rule whatever when the police can arrest you just because the mayor doesn't like you? I mean, this is absolute craziness. That's what you expect in Soviet Russia, North Korea, you know, Saudi Arabia, China, but not in a free and democratic society. So we must reevaluate and see what we have lost. And then we have to have the willingness to go and fight for what we lost. And let me tell you, we've lost democracy. This country of ours is no longer a democracy, it's a police state. It's a soft dictatorship, um, totalitarian regime with zero accountability. So Albertans, at least this May, will have a chance to vote those evil people out and, and don't kid yourself, they're all the same. NDP, uh, UCP, Alberta Party, they're all pushing towards the same direction. 15-minute cities, a digital ID, a total control. Right now in Alberta under the UCP, they're telling farmers that they only can have four chickens. I don't know if you heard about this new bylaw that is being implemented in certain areas. I mean, they're not stopping. Food supplies, shortages, con total control of our food supplies. This is next. That's the next step. It's definitely a loaded situation that we're in. And I mean, depending on some jur jurisdictions, uh, for instance, where I'm from, you can't have chickens at all, let alone four. Now, getting back to Derek Reimer, though, what I saw when he was, as you already mentioned, assaulted, just simply expressing his uh, religious views on what was happening at that public library, you don't even need the police anymore to do the dirty work of the regime. These radicalized citizens will do it for them. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, it's shocking. There was a clear assault, illegally, you know, illegal attack on that pastor, and they should be charged with a real crime. However, politicians are so far away from law and order, they're not interested in um, charging the real villains. The pedophiles are walking free, uh, you know, bloody murders are set on bail, except Christians. I'll tell you why. Growing up behind the Iron Curtain, that was very clear to all of us 
that totalitarian regimes or the wannabe pharaohs, as I call them, the tyrants of today, like Gondek and Smith right now as well, and, um, and Trudeau, they hate religion. The first thing that has to go in any democracy is the freedom of religion. When religion goes down because it competes with the wannabe gods, if you will, the pharaohs, I say something you must obey or else. Right. I am the God. I am the new God. You must worship me and obey me. If you don't, well, then I'll crack on you. So the freedom of religion has to go first. That's why I believe there is this huge, unbelievable attack on our freedom of religion. When the freedom of religion, when religion goes, all the other rights will follow. And that's not Pastor Arthur Pulaski preaching. This is history. Every single time where the freedom of religion was taken from the society, Every other rights were followed um, uh, after. So we are in a very dangerous situation. Freedom of expression, of course, is next. Freedom of association, um, freedom of media. Look what is happening. Deplatforming, censorship, all of those rights are under attack. But mark my words, if the freedom of religion goes, if your right to worship as you please goes, all of your rights will follow. That's how important this case is. And if you had a crystal ball, if you could predict what will happen here with Pastor Reimer, and I understand that he may have been or he was released this morning, but we don't currently have any further details on that. And please feel free to update if you happen to. But if you had a crystal ball, what do you see happening here in this in this case? Well, I talked to Derek Reimer uh, this morning. He broke his hand while he was in custody and they would not take him to the hospital. So he had to sign the documents to be released so he can go to the hospital and get a cast. So that's the level of corruption. The process, it's punishment. And that's exactly what they did to me. The process, going, hiring lawyers, being in a solitary confinement, being placed in metal cages, being subjected to cruelty, and that's punishment. That's what they want. And they're sending a message to everybody else, to other pastors, other you know, clergymen, other religious leaders, if you don't bow to us, we are the new gods. We are erecting the golden statue, just like Nebuchadnezzar did. And if you are not going to bow before that, then you will end up in a fiery furnace. So my my uh, challenge to the clergyman is very simple. Be like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Those three men were willing to go to the fiery furnace, and that's where their freedom was found. You see, uh, the enemies were dealt in the fire. God showed up to set them free in the fire. They had a powerful testimony in the fire, and they were promoted when they came out of the fire. So instead of running away from what you believe in, stand for what you believe in other countries are doing it without apology. Why Christians always have to apologize for what we believe in? I don't apologize for my faith. I believe that all those events with children are sexualized. It's a pure sexualization of our children. It's perverted. It's twisted. It's evil. Little children should never be subjected to such a uh, sexual indoctrination. Why those people have have this um, urge to go in front of children is beyond me. I don't know. I asked the chief, um, Constable Mark uh, Newfield here in Calgary, uh, chief of police, are you a pervert? 
Because if you're a pervert, if you're a pedophile, then I understand why you're protecting all those different people. Because I don't understand. Police officers should always protect the children, the most vulnerable in our society. But they're doing opposite. They're protecting the, the villains, the predators. And this is beyond me. That's why I ask him publicly, sir, are you a pedophile? Because if you are, that makes sense. Are you a predator? Are you a perverted individual? Why are you protecting those types of people? So, you know, we have to start asking those questions. Why? Why is this happening in our city? Naked adults swimming with children in our swimming pools that we pay for. Like, why? Why are we allowing this as a society? It's yeah. beyond me. It's really perverse, but um, I guess we'll stay posted on the file. And I just want to thank you once again for joining us on the Ezra Levant Show. And uh, thank you also for your advocacy work. I think that it's very important to have a strong, morally compassed voice like yours. So thank you. Yeah, we'll keep fighting. We're going to do another press conference on Thursday for uh, Pastor Derek Reimer at noon. So if you're in Calgary area, we're going to do as a party, as the Independence Party of Alberta, we're going to do a press conference. We'll keep fighting, keep exposing them. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Thanks, Pastor Art. Take care. Thank you. And stay tuned. We have live stream comment reactions up next. All right, welcome back. Let's go through some of the comments from our live stream clip from yesterday. And in case you are not familiar, let's just show a quick clip of what we're going to be going through here. We're being threatened here. And we're getting in trouble for harassment. I don't think so. Hey, you guys are going to hang it out here, all right? We, we got, we got cornered. Are you gonna help us? Well, we'll have people watch like we always have, right? You better escort us because these people are now violent. Yeah, we, and that's why you're in here, and that's why you're gonna go out there and we'll have some members with How many? So loving. So loving, so tolerant, so, so full of hate. Violent. Where love is love, right? <laughs> yeah and so as soon as you don't agree with them all of a sudden this this idea of love is love is just thrown out the window and we are going to harass and intimidate you mm -hmm. so much for freedom of expression it's a sign of the radical left. I mean, we've seen this over and over. If you disagree with Black Lives Matter, if you disagree with even some of the COVID stuff, it often turns to violence instead of just a conversation about what is your opinion? What is my opinion? God forbid, could we find common ground on this issue at all? And that's one of the things I was saying too when I was getting you know, swarmed by Antifa type at a drag queen story time. It's like, love is love. Like I thought this was love is love. What is going on here, you know? And they just use those words to excuse the actual hate. All right, Anne Sumner writes, why is there only a couple of protesters? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this is a great point and something that we saw all throughout the COVID-19 pandemic hysteria. People were 
too nervous to come out and show their support because they feared that they would be ousted, they would be slandered, smeared. I spoke personally to many business owners who were opposed to a lot of the COVID-19 related restrictions, but they feared that if they stood up and spoke out publicly, that their business would be targeted by people claiming that they didn't care about other people's health and that they were grandma killers. So it's also unsurprising given the narrative that ensued in the mainstream media and also all of the behavior modification techniques that were utilized on the general public that this is the way that they're acting. Christine writes, I see a lot of comments here being against this drag story time. Where's the anger at the parents? Why would someone put their own children at risk of violence? This is just so sad all the way around. Yeah, and I, I mean, I don't know if they're necessarily putting their child at risk of violence other than the people who are actually perpetrating the drag, drag queen story time hour are seemingly the people who perpetrate that violence. So perhaps they're just not privy to the fact that these people can get very aggressive uh, toward anyone who is opposing this kind of ideologically motivated perversion. Uh, but definitely the parents, I think, should be held accountable and should be questioned. Perhaps they aren't aware that this is, you know, a hyper-sexualized situation. And perhaps they also just don't realize that this sort of content and this these caricatures of women should be reserved for adult content only. These, you know, typically drag time happens in bars after hours with people who are of alcohol drinking age. And this new phenomenon that it's targeted towards children and is benign and wholesome and family oriented is very new and recent. And I think that more and more parents are starting to see that this is inappropriate. So definitely I agree there though, that the parents should be, should be questioned on why they think this is an appropriate space for their young children to be in. Deb Phillips asks, or says rather, sickening to see young people so filled with hate, nothing but screaming banshees, lost all humanity, God help them. I think that's exactly what Pat Pastor Arthur Pawlowski was speaking on, that you know we need to uphold having a strong moral compass there, having a strong faith, so that you're not misguided down these paths of, of really Satanism. I mean, the re reversal of natural order is textbook Satanism. And not having a strong moral compass to guide you as you navigate some of these things that are thrown at you. Um, a really good motto that I've always kind of abided by is if you stand for nothing, you fall for everything. And so I think that there are a lot of people in the population currently and coming through you know, our, our school systems who have not been taught to stand up, to, to have principles and morals and values. And we've really lost that somewhere along the way here in the last decade or so. Um, and so this unfortunately is the result of that. Gordon Shields writes, it is unbelievable this is taking place in Calgary. Who voted for this static mayor? 
Um, I don't know if static was the right word to use there, but uh, yeah, as you saw, one of the people in the report stated that they don't know anyone who voted for this mayor. And so as we learn more about Chinese interference in the Communist Party meddling in our democratic process, it certainly undermines and underpins the need to really look into what's happening in some of the other elections that are happening both municipally and perhaps even provincially. Uh, Sophia Leo responds and says the government has really made things more difficult for its citizens and we can't sit back and bear all of the consequences of bad governance. It's obvious we are headed for a hyperinflation. I mean, I'd argue that we're already there, but it is always the poor who take the hit. Exactly. 100%. And um, until you get enough people opposing what is happening, get them rallying together, get them united then it will continue on this path. And I think that has happened, especially um, increasingly over the last two or three years now with the COVID hysteria, is that people were told to isolate, stay home, stay apart. And Canadians were very much divided and political wedges were seated between them by our Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau. He campaigned on the political wedge of vaccine mandates. And so Canadians really need to unwind, I think, their mental state out of this kind of division and rhetoric and come back and really embrace their communities, you know, love thy neighbor, help others and get past some of these political differences and really try to move forward united because unless we do that, this is the path that we're destined to take. Thank you everyone at home for joining me tonight as I guest hosted the Ezra Levant show, and we will see you back same time and place tomorrow night.